Section 39 of Modern Magic. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Modern Magic, a Practical Treatise on the Art of Conjuring by Professor Louis Hoffman. Miscellaneous Tricks, Part 6. The Flying Glass of Water. This capital trick was, we believe, first introduced to the public by Colonel Stodare, to whom the profession is indebted for many first-class illusions. The necessary apparatus consists of a couple of ordinary glass tumblers, exactly alike, with an India rubber cover just fitting the mouth of one of them, and a coloured handkerchief of silk or cotton, made double, i.e. consisting of two similar handkerchiefs sewn together at the edges, with a wire ring of the size of the rim of one of the tumblers, or a fraction larger, stitched loosely between them, in such a manner that when the handkerchief is spread out, the ring shall be in the middle. The performer, beforehand, nearly fills one of the tumblers with water, and then puts on the India rubber cover, which, fitting closely all round the edge, effectually prevents the water escaping. See figure 201 the glass thus prepared he places on the profonde on his right side he then brings forward the other glass and a decanter of water and the prepared handkerchief and in full view of the audience fills the glass with water up to the same height as he has already filled the one in his pocket and hands round glass and water for inspection when they are returned he places the glass upon the table a few inches from its hinder edge and standing behind it covers it with the handkerchief first spreading out and showing both sides of the latter proving to all appearance that there is no preparation about it in placing the handkerchief over the glass he draws it across in such a manner as to bring the hidden ring as exactly as possible over the top of the glass then placing the left hand over the handkerchief as shown in figure two hundred two he raises, apparently, the glass within the handkerchief, but really the empty handkerchief only, which is kept distended by the ring, and, at the same time, under cover of the handkerchief, gently lowers the glass of water with the other hand onto the servante. This is by no means difficult, as the pretended carefulness of the operator not to spill the water allows him to make the upward movement of the left hand as deliberate as he pleases. All that is really necessary is to take care to follow with his eyes the movement of the left hand, which will infallibly draw the eyes and the minds of the audience in the same direction. Having raised the supposed tumbler to a height of about two feet from the table, the performer brings it forward to the audience, and requests that some gentleman with a steady hand will favor him with his assistance a volunteer having been found and having given satisfactory replies as to the steadiness of his nerves and the strength of his constitution generally is requested to place his hand under the handkerchief and take the glass as he proceeds to obey the performer lets go of the handkerchief with the left hand still retaining one corner with the right and lets the right arm with the handkerchief drop to his side pretending to believe that the gentleman has taken the glass and not to notice its disappearance, he turns carelessly aside and brings forward a small table or chair, saying, Put it here, please. Looking, generally, somewhat foolish, the victim replies that he has not got it. 
if the performer is a good actor he may here make some fun by pretending to believe that the victim has concealed the glass and pressing him to return it at last he says well if you won't give it to me i must find it for myself and he proceeds to tap with his wand the sleeves and pockets of the unfortunate individual but without success till on touching him between the shoulders he pretends to tell by the sound that the glass is there yes here it is he remarks i am sorry to be obliged to ask you to turn your back on the company but to show them that there is no deception on my part i am compelled to do so will you please turn round for one minute on his doing so the performer again shaking out the handkerchief and showing both sides of it to prove it empty spreads it over the back of the victim again he taps with his wand which striking the ring through the handkerchief causes an unmistakable hard sound to be heard and then grasping the ring as before through the handkerchief he deliberately raises it up in a horizontal position the effect being as if the glass had again returned to the handkerchief he then says i don't think i will trouble this gentleman again he is too much of a conjurer himself then turning rapidly to the audience he says catch ladies and gentlemen and flicks the handkerchief quickly towards the spectators who duck their heads in expectation of a shower pardon me ladies i fear i alarmed you but you need not have been afraid i never miss my aim that gentleman has the glass designating any one he pleases may i trouble you to step forward one moment sir on the person indicated doing so the performer places him facing the audience and under cover of his body takes the second glass out of the profonde and throws the handkerchief over it remarking yes ladies and gentlemen here it is in this gentleman's tail pocket then taking hold of the glass with the left hand beneath the handkerchief he clips with the first finger and thumb through the handkerchief the edge of the india rubber cover thus drawing off the cover inside the handkerchief hands round the glass and water for inspection two improvements have recently been made in this trick which though trifles in themselves greatly heighten the effect upon the performance of the trick as already described it is not uncommon to find some person more acute than the average guess that there is a ring in the handkerchief the first of the improvements we have mentioned is designed to make the ring no longer a fixture and yet to ensure bringing it to the right position when necessary this is effected by stitching the two handkerchiefs together not only around the edge as already explained but also as shown by the dotted line in figure two hundred three this confines the ring to the triangular enclosure a e d within which however it is allowed to move freely not being attached to the handkerchief in any way if the handkerchief is held by the two corners a d which should be distinguished by a mark of colored silk or worsted so as to be readily identified by the performer the ring will take its proper place in the middle as shown in the figure if on the other hand the handkerchief be held by either the corners a b or c d the ring will forthwith run into the angle a d e or d a e as the case may be and the handkerchief if grasped a little below this particular corner may be twisted or pulled through the hands rope-wise proving with apparent conclusiveness that there is no ring or shape concealed in it 
the second improvement is to have ready on the servante a small piece of sponge recently dipped in water this is picked up by the right hand of the performer as he places the genuine glass on the servante when he has moved away from his table at the moment of requesting his volunteer assistant to take the glass he places the right hand for a moment under cover of the handkerchief and squeezes the sponge the water that immediately pours from it being apparently accidentally spilt and so negativing any possible doubt on the part of the spectators that the glass is really in the handkerchief with these two additions the trick is one of the most effective that can possibly be performed whether in a drawing-room or on the public stage the bowls of water and bowls of fire produced from a shawl after the explanation of the last trick the reader will form a tolerably good guess at the means of performing this which has puzzled thousands and is still one of the most popular feats in the repertoire of the conjurer the performer comes forward with a shawl in his hand which he spreads out and exhibits on both sides to show as is really the fact that there is no preparation about it the spectators being satisfied on this point and the orchestra playing the ghost melody or other appropriate accompaniment he swings the shawl about in time to the music finally throwing it over his left shoulder and arm the arm being held square before him the arm now gradually sinks down and the form of some solid object is seen defined beneath the shawl which being removed reveals a glass bowl brimming with water and with goldfish swimming about in it this is repeated a second and a third time the performer sometimes discarding the shawl and borrowing a pocket handkerchief among the audience for the production of the last bowl the bowls used are saucer shaped measuring six to eight inches in diameter and one and a half to two inches in depth each is closed by an india rubber cover after the manner of the tumbler in the last trick thus secured they are concealed about the person of the performer the precise mode of concealment varies a little where three bowls are to be produced one is generally carried beneath the coat-tails in a sort of bag open at the sides suspended from the waist and the other two in pockets opening perpendicularly inside the breast of the coat or waistcoat one on each side sometimes by way of variation bowls of fire are produced the bowls are in this case of thin brass they have no covers but the inflammable material tow moistened with spirits of wine is kept in position by wires crossing the bowl at about half its depth and is ignited by a wax match struck against the inside of the bowl under cover of the shawl and immediately dropped into the bowl when the contents instantly burst into a blaze some bowls have a mechanical arrangement for igniting the tow but we ourselves much prefer the simple bowls above described it was originally the practice to throw the shawl over a small round table immediately removing it and exhibiting the bowl upon the table modern performers discard the table and produce the bowls in the midst of the audience the bowl of ink changed to clear water with goldfish swimming in it the performer brings forward a goblet-shaped glass vase six or eight inches in height nearly full of ink to prove that the ink is genuine he dips a playing card into it and brings it up with the lower half stained a deep black next taking a ladle he ladles out a portion of the liquid 
and pours it on a plate, which is handed round for inspection. He next borrows a handkerchief from one of the audience, and covering the base with it, announces that, by the exercise of his magic power, he will transform the ink in the vase to water. On removing the handkerchief, this transformation is found to be accomplished, while a couple of goldfish, placidly swimming about in the bowl, sufficiently prove that the trick is not performed, as might be imagined, by means of some chemical reagent. The explanation, though by no means obvious, is very simple. The liquid in the vase is plain water, but a bottomless black silk lining, fitting the vase, and kept in shape by a wire ring round its upper edge, gives it the appearance of ink to a spectator at a little distance. In removing the handkerchief, the performer clips with it the wire ring, bringing away the lining within the handkerchief, and revealing the clear water in the glass. But the reader will naturally inquire, how then are the blackened card and the genuine ink ladled out on the plate accounted for? The blackened card, though apparently an ordinary one, has the same figure, say a knave of diamonds, on both its sides, but the lower half of the one side is beforehand stained with ink. The performer dips it in with the unsoiled side toward the audience, but giving it a half turn as he removes it, thereby brings the blackened side in front. The ink poured on the plate is accounted for with equal simplicity. The ladle, see figure 204, is of tin, having a hollow handle of the same metal, with a minute hole opening therefrom into the bowl. There is a similar small hole near to the top of the handle. The bowl is beforehand filled with ink, which is thence allowed to run into the handle, after which the upper hole is stopped with a little pellet of wax, or a small piece of paper is pasted over it. By reason of a well-known natural law, the liquid will not run out of the lower hole until the upper one is opened. As the performer dips the ladle apparently into the ink in the bowl, he scrapes off with his nail the wax or paper with which the upper hole is stopped, and the ink immediately runs into the bowl whence it is poured upon the plate. The Inexhaustible Bottle the same natural principle which prevents the ink from flowing into the bowl of the ladle until the upper hole is opened, is the basis of this old but still popular trick. The inexhaustible bottle, though in appearance an ordinary glass bottle, is in reality of tin, japanned black. Internally it is divided into three, four, or five separate compartments, ranged round a central space, and each tapering to a narrow-mouthed tube which terminates about an inch within the neck of the bottle. A small pinhole is drilled through the outer surface of the bottle into each compartment, the holes being so placed that when the bottle is grasped by the hand in the ordinary way, see figure 205, each hole may be covered by one or other of the fingers or thumb. The central space is left empty, but the surrounding compartments are filled by means of a funnel with a very tapering nozzle, with the wines or liquids expected to be most in demand, or to which it is intended to limit the spectator's choice. A tray full of glasses, made specially of very thick glass, so as to contain in reality much less than they appear to do, completes the apparatus. The performer comes forward with the magic bottle, followed by an attendant bearing the tray of glasses. 
he commences by openly pouring water into the bottle and out again so as indirectly to raise the inference that the bottle must be perfectly empty the water in truth really passes into the centre space only and thence runs out again as soon as the bottle is tilted the fingers meanwhile are tightly pressed on the different holes and thus excluding the air effectually prevent any premature flow of wine from the various compartments the performer still holding the bottle mouth downwards says you observe ladies and gentlemen that the bottle is now perfectly empty and yet by my magic art i shall compel it to refill itself for your benefit he then addressing various individuals asks each whether he prefers port sherry gin etc and when the answer is given has only to raise the finger stopping the air-hole of that particular compartment to cause the liquid named to flow from the bottle stopping as soon as the finger is again pressed on the hole it is a good plan in order to prevent confusion to place the liquors in the bottle in alphabetical order commencing from the hole stopped by the thumb some performers increase the variety of the liquors produced by placing beforehand in certain of the glasses a few drops of various flavoring essences by this means a compartment filled with plain spirits of wine may be made to do duty for brandy whiskey etc at pleasure according to the glass into which the liquid is poured the trick is sometimes elaborated by the performer by way of conclusion apparently breaking the bottle and producing therefrom a borrowed handkerchief or other article which has been made to disappear in some previous trick this is effected by means of an additional specialty in the construction of the bottle the compartments containing the liquids in this case terminate a couple of inches above the bottom of the bottle and the part below this which has a wavy edge like fractured glass is made to slip on and off see figure two hundred six the performer having produced the wines pretends to crack the bottle all around by tapping it with his wand and having apparently cracked it pulls the bottom off and exhibits the handkerchief which was beforehand placed in readiness therein the two parts of the bottle joining with great nicety there is little fear that the pretended crack will prematurely attract attention where the trick is performed before a very large audience a single bottle would not contain sufficient liquor to answer all the demands upon it in this case it is necessary to change the bottle sometimes more than once in the course of the trick this is most frequently done under cover of a chair or table but where the trick is performed on a stage a more elaborate expedient is sometimes employed the bottle used has in this case an outer shell or casing of tin open at the bottom the actual receptacle for the liquids being within this when the bottle is exhausted the performer with apparent carelessness places it upon a small table standing against the side scene pending the arrival of more glasses or under any other convenient pretext the bottle is in truth placed immediately over a small round trap the performer being guided as to its proper position by a couple of small pins projecting upwards from the surface of the table against which pins he pushes the bottle the moment it is so placed the assistant behind the scenes who has his eye to a hole in the partition and his arm extended within the table opens the trap pulls down the empty interior of the bottle 
and instantly replaces it with a full one which he holds in readiness and at the moment when the performer again grasps the bottle to conclude the trick and thereby furnishes the necessary resistance pushes it sharply up into its place end of section thirty nine